This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. This is Peter and Tricia, welcoming you today to Great News and God's Views, a half-hour weekly broadcast on Free FM 89.0, independent community media. We can be contacted by email at greatnews376 at gmail.com. That is greatnews376 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Our worship theme today, True Satisfaction Involves Being Active in Christ's Service. Let's get busy. We often admonish people to slow down. Usually it's most appropriate. Some people, however, need to be told to hurry up. Some need to be told to get busy. Paul said this to some Christians who were used in their conviction concerning the second coming of Jesus as an excuse to drop out of life. Since they believed Jesus would be coming at any time, they decided that it did not make any sense to do any work. They just wanted to sit and stare at the sky. Paul was concerned about their behaviour since they didn't know the day or the hour of the Lord's return. And even if the Lord were to return immediately, surely he would want to find them working. For those who need a little motivation, consider the three motives Paul offers to be industrious until the Lord comes. We read from 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 beginning at verse 6. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly, and not after the tradition which he received of us. For yourselves know ye ought to follow us, for we behave not ourselves disorderly among you, neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labour and travel night and day, that we might not be chargeable to any of you. Not because we have not power, but to make us ourselves an example unto you to follow us. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. For we hear that there are some walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ, that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. The positive example of others. Paul was willing to point to himself as an example. He'd not been idle. He'd not accepted food without paying for it. He even worked an extra job so he'd not be a burden to the church. Paul was not opposed to accepting a gracious gift, but in this case he was glad he'd not so he could be that positive example. It's been said that the world is run by tired people. Do you know a person of great accomplishment who is not also a great worker? Jesus himself was a person who knew hard work. He knew how to do the physical labour of the carpenter shop along with the kind of people work that allowed him to change the world in a three-year ministry. The negative consequences of idleness. The adage is surely true that idle hands are the devil's workshop. 
Paul mentioned that among the negative consequences of idleness is a tendency to meddle in others' affairs. Instead of being busy, many in Thessalonica were busybodies. The women were talking about the advantages and disadvantages of working outside the home. One said, I work outside the home and I think it's an advantage. I don't have time for soap operas, talk shows and gossip. That principle is true for all of us. If we're busy doing good, we don't have time to get involved in negative activities. The practical benefits of industry. The simple truth is that those who are busy will generally have food to put on the table. When people work, families are provided for and there may even be enough extra to bless those who are in genuine need. Work is not a curse, it's a blessing. Ask someone who's lost his job and cannot find meaningful work. An army private was trying to avoid work when discovered by his assist sergeant. What are you doing? barked the sergeant. The private decided to take the honest route replied, I'm procrastinating, sergeant. After a pause, the sergeant replied, OK, son, just as long as you're busy. Great problems develop when we're busy procrastinating. A fine Christian man was asked what he would do differently if he knew that Jesus were coming back today. He paused just for a moment and said, nothing. That's a great answer. It's an even greater way to live. You are listening to Great News and God's Views on 3FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. Our first music today, Blessed Assurance, written by Fanny Crosby, born in 1820. It's heralded as one of the world's most prolific and talented hymn composers. Blind shortly after birth, Fanny nonetheless wrote 8,000 hymns. She was visiting her friend Phoebe Knapp as the Knapp home was having a large pipe organ installed. The organ was incomplete, so Mrs. Knapp, using the piano, played a new melody she'd just composed. When Knapp asked Crosby, what do you think the tune says, Crosby replied, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine.
Some people have claimed that our third molars, commonly referred to as wisdom teeth, often cause trouble in modern humans because our mouths are smaller than our supposed evolutionary ancestors. However, impacted wisdom teeth don't afflict all ethnic groups. Numerous people groups today have plenty of room in their jaws to accommodate their third molars. Modern dental research has shown that diet is a major factor in jaw development. In non-technological cultures, impacted wisdom teeth are almost unknown. Their tougher diet exercises their jaw muscles more, and this helps their jaws develop properly. The tougher diet also results in tooth wear, and the normal compensation for this wear involves the gradual migration of teeth towards the front of the mouth, thus creating more room for the third molars. However, the modern diet of soft, processed foods does not promote proper jaw development, which can lead to impacted wisdom teeth. So, impacted wisdom teeth do not support evolutionary storytelling. To find out more from Creation Ministries International, visit our website, creation.com. You are listening to Great News and God's Views on 3FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. We continue with Joy Has Dawned, lyrics and music by Keith Getty and Stuart Townend, performed here by Keith and Christine Getty. Stuart Townend was born in 1963, son of a Church of England vicar in Halifax, West Yorkshire, England. Townsend started learning to play the piano at the age of seven, and at the age of 13 he made a Christian commitment and began songwriting at age 22. He has led worship and performance events across the world at many conferences and festivals. He writes in the tradition of the 17th century hymnist Isaac Watts and his successors. Joy has dawned.
You are listening to Great News in God's Views on Free FM 89.0 in Dominican Community Media. Stand firm. It's been said, if you want to draw a crowd, don't preach on prayer, fasting or spiritual discipline. Preach about the second coming. One who would make such an assertion might also add, be as dogmatic as you can about all the apocalyptic symbolism, telling folks exactly what every detail must stand for. Those sayings do suggest that there is great interest in knowing when the end will come. As Christians, we live in the tension between Jesus telling his disciples to live in a constant state of preparedness and the realisation that nearly 2,000 years later, we're still awaiting his return. Only the Father in heaven knows the day and the hour of the consummation of this age, not even the Son himself. We read from Luke chapter 21, beginning at verse 5. And some spake of the temple, how it was adorned with goodly stones and gifts. He said, As for these things which ye behold, the day will come in which there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And they asked him, saying, Master, but when shall these things be? And what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass? And he said, Take heed that ye be not deceived. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and the time draweth near. Go ye not therefore after them. But when ye shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. Then said he unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and great earthquakes shall be in divers places, and famines and pestilences, and fearful signs, and great signs there shall be from heaven. But before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And they shall turn to you for a testimony. Settle it therefore in your hearts, not to meditate before what ye shall answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. And you shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinsfolk and friends, and some of you shall they shall cause to put to death. And you shall be hated for all men for my name's sake, but there shall not an hair of your head perish. In your patience possess you your souls. Ages come and go. As I look at this text, I'm struck with the tension between the crumbling of the temple and the city of Jerusalem, and Jesus' exhortation to his disciples to stand firm. For the disciples, the thought that the temple could be destroyed was inconceivable. We're slow on the uptake sometimes, aren't we? After all, Solomon's temple was destroyed. Herod's temple was thought to be merely a refurbishment of Jerusalem's temple, a temple that was not thought to be nearly as impressive as the original. How is it possible that such an impregnable and impressive structure could be destroyed? The other temple was destroyed due to the rebellion of the people and their sin. Jesus tells us here that ages come and go. Of course, after his crucifixion and resurrection, there would be no more need for the temple. As ages come and go, Jesus told his disciples there'd be much more turbulence and upheaval regarding the end of this age. Conflict on a human level. There will be conflict on a human level prior to the end of this age. False messiahs will deceive many. We've certainly seen that in our day, haven't we? There will be wars and conflict. 
How about two world wars, Korea, Vietnam, Bosnia, Afghanistan, Ukraine? Restlessness and conflict will not merely be limited to nations. It will also be directed towards those who name the name of Christ. Family members will turn on those who declare their allegiance to him. Jesus tells us not to fear, but to trust that through all his spirit, he will give us wisdom that no one will be able to refute. Cosmic and natural upheaval. While there's human conflict going on, there'll be upheaval in nature and the cosmos. Famines, pestilences, earthquakes, and disruptions in the heavens will cause fear in the heart of many people. We read these words and again we say, I've seen that in my day, record-breaking hurricanes, devastating quakes, as in Christchurch, starvation in Somalia and Rwanda. At times it seems as if the world is falling apart. Stand firm. It seems a tall order to stand firm when the word literally and figuratively is falling apart. It seems too much for a body to do to stand firm. Jesus has even warned that by standing firm, some will lose their life on earth. Doesn't sound very firm, does it? As failed creatures of dust, how do we stand firm in the midst of all the upheaval and chaos surrounding us? Jesus has already hinted at it by his assurance not to worry. We cannot stand firm by ourselves, but we can if he gives us the strength. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That is all the strength we ultimately need. We continue with, O love that will not let me go. Written by George Matheson, who became blind at 20 years of age in 1862 and went on to become a Scottish minister and hymn writer. Queen of Victoria invited him to preach about moral and had one of his sermons published. O love that will not let me go.
We continue with Speak O Lord by Keith Getty and Stuart Townend. Speak O Lord.
This is Peter and Tricia thanking you for joining us today for great news and God's views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. We invite you to listen every Sunday from 9.30 to 10am for a presentation of historic Bible-based Christianity highlighting preaching of the Word, classic songs, hymns and spiritual songs. We use only the King James Bible, the authorised version. 89.0 is live streamed from freefm.org.nz or tune in and now on Amazon Echo devices using the FreeFM 89 Alexa skill. We would love to hear your comments on this show. We can be contacted by email at greatnews376 at gmail.com. That is greatnews376 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.